Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Ready for some gospel? Yeah, what does gospel mean? Right? Literally, it's the too good to be true good news, but it's true. Right? If you could find any bad news of the gospel, it ceases to be good news. Ooh, yeah, so there's no bad news to the gospel, right? This is the... This is what makes the gospel good news. You know what the book of Proverbs said? It said, like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And today, I want to bring you some good news from the far country, right? What the scripture calls the country of heaven. So I want to... uh, I got a few passages I want to read to you, but I also want to do this before we get started. Today's a very special day. We are celebrating the birth of Christ, nonetheless, and that's a huge deal. Come on, can we just say thank you, Lord, for that, right? And you guys are blessed. We hear about the resurrection here all the time. We hear about the birth of Christ all the time. If you go back and read the first thousand years of church history, this was the cornerstone of what they taught. Um, For some reason in America, we don't get to hear a whole lot about those, but I try to keep them before you all the time, and I want to celebrate that. Um, let me see. For my guys in the back, I'm probably going to read the scripture in chronological order first, or the order of the Bible first. Let me say it that way. So Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. How about that? Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be here till midnight. Genesis chapter 1. And as you throw them up, my friend, I'm probably going to read them with you. Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 4. I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while, so I'm going to do it. I think I told you guys about the guy that I, I was in a, this is like 15 years ago, in like a revival service back home. And the guy literally read the first page, the first verse of the Bible and the last verse. And he said, I did that so you guys can't say I'm skipping around. I was like, oh my God, here we go. Like we're going to be here for a minute. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It reads like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I want you to see this. This is very important. From the onstart of the scripture, Heaven and earth have always been connected. You see that? Heaven and earth have always been connected. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Watch verse 3 and 4. Then God, now when you see God in our American minds, we think one. (laughs) But see, in the Eastern mind, they think three. Right? God walking with Adam in a garden is not one person walking with Adam. It was three. It was Father, Son, and Spirit walking. So, so watch the Trinity here. And God said, let there be what? Light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now, Light that we know is light, like sunlight was created, I think, three days later or on the fourth day maybe. So it wasn't that kind of light, but we're just going to explore Scripture for a little bit. Now, uh, let's look at Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. Some of us, um, we're really not doing too well in the area of personal devotion. We don't read at home, so we're going to make up for it today, okay? Is that all right? We're going to make up for it today. Isaiah chapter 60. 
I want to read verses one through three here. It says, arise and shine. Everybody say arise. Now say shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Then Isaiah says this, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness its people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. This light is shining. Then he says this, and then the Gentiles, those that don't have a covenant with God, they will come to your light and kings will come to the brightness of your rising or your light. Now look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. And then we'll go to John 8 and then James. Guys still with me? All right, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. This is Christ speaking. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the cosmos. A city that is set on a hill and cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Therefore... Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. John 8 and 12. Jesus only called God twice in the scripture, by the way. We need to start calling him what Jesus called him. And that's Father, that's Papa, that's Daddy, that's Abba. Right? We're learning. We're learning. And really, he called him God twice on a cross. He was actually quoting the Messianic Psalm. Anyway, we'll keep on going right on through here. John 8 and 12. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. So Jesus says, you are the light of the world and I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. One more verse, James chapter 1. And then we're going to just chat for a little bit. James chapter 1. If I can find it here. James chapter 1, verse 17. <clears throat> James, the brother of the Lord, says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of who? You've never heard that title for God, but here it goes. The Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Papa, let your word pierce our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody say Easter. On Easter, we celebrate literally the getting or the coming up of the Lord. Said on Easter, we celebrate the getting or the coming up of the Lord. But in December, for the birth of Christ, we don't celebrate the coming up of the Lord. We celebrate the coming down. Right? So Advent, Latin word is Adventus, but it just simply means coming. It just simply means coming. The Advent is powerful because it is God, the creator, choosing to come and visit his creation. You see that? So John chapter 1 reads this way. And I love this. In the beginning was the word. That doesn't mean Bible. 
<laughs> a Bible class. That doesn't mean Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That doesn't mean the 1611 King James Bible. That literally means the Logos or, 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 or the Word of God in being, which was Jesus before he came to the earth. In the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God. Watch this. And the Logos was God. So your Bible is not God. But, but, but the scripture holds within it the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Then it says this, all things were made through, not it, but him. All things were made through him, and without him there is nothing made that was made. Watch this, watch this. Next verse says this, and in him was life. Whoa, Zoe. In him was life. Watch this. And his life was the light of all mankind. Not some of mankind. In him was life, and this life would go on to be the light to all mankind. The next verse says, there came a man who was sent from God whose name was John. And John came to bear witness of this light, which would be the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And it says this, John was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. The incarnation, the advent is literally the coming of the creator into the world in which he created. Not just to forgive us of sin. Yes, he did do that. But he came to give us life to the full. He came to show us what life was really like. The early church fathers, the patristics, they would say it this way. They would say that Jesus came into the planet not just to forgive us of our sins. That's true, but it's incomplete truth. Yet he came to give us really eternal life to the full. Which, watch this, doesn't start after the day you die. Eternal life starts when you really begin to see who Christ Jesus is. Jesus tells you what eternal life is. John 17 and 3. He says, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the one true God. And Jesus, your son, whom you have said. He said, this is eternal life. You don't even know it, but you're living in eternity right now. You have, the Bible says that God has hid eternity. Watch this. Ecclesiastes. Within the hearts of mankind. So religion would always make us pursue something that's already been given to us. It'll make you fight for something that's already been won. And it'll make you try to become something by doing that's already been gifted to you by way of the Son of God. Why is the Advent important? Here's why. Simply because this. Creation gave birth to the Creator. Walmart didn't give birth to Sam Walton. Hobby Lobby didn't give birth to David Green. Is it David Green's that his name? But yet Mary, Mary gave birth to Jesus, who really is the Savior of the world. We should marvel today at the incarnation. We should marvel, Rob. We should marvel at the advent. I love saying this, that Mary actually 
when Jesus began to cry. You know, Jesus would have cried. You know, Jesus would have had need to change the diaper. He would have burped. He would have passed gas. He would have gotten an attitude as a baby boy. But as Jesus is crying, weeping, desiring milk, she's rocking him. She can't get him to stop crying. So she takes out her breast as she would have been a nursing mom and she places it on his lips and he begins to drink. And then after a while, he stops crying. And all the while, she sees herself feeding the creator of the universe. But she doesn't know that literally Jesus created the womb in which he lived. She doesn't know that Jesus literally with his own two hands shaped the breast that he himself was drinking from. And he put the milk in her breast that he himself would drink because he is Jordan, the creator of the cosmos. All the while, he's doing this as a baby. He never stopped being God. And all the while when he's drinking breast, being held by his mom, he's still holding the cosmos by the simple word of his power. Still holding every single star in place. Still knowing where every tree is. Knowing where every flea would be. All the while enjoying life amongst the creation that he himself created. And they didn't even know it. And John 1, Pastor Kathy would go on to say this, that Jesus came to the earth and it says this. And he came to his own. And his own received him not. And we would say that's the Jews. But yet in a larger term, the patristics would say that's humanity in general. He came to his own. They were his own and they received him not. Man, but the gospel says in John 1, 12, but to those who did receive him, to them, he gave the power to become sons and daughters of God. And the creator would live for 33 and a half years on the earth he created, getting hot from the sun that he put in the sky, getting refreshed from the wind that he created to blow, needing to drink water from a well that he himself created. They asked Jesus a silly question. Are you better than Jacob that gave us the well? He could have said, how much time have you got? He could, he could have said, you got time for a conversation? Give me two minutes of your life. I'm about to split your wig right now with some truth. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. The incarnation makes me marvel. The incarnation was literally what the patristic fathers would say. They would say it was the uniting of humanity to divinity for all time. And for divinity to be united to humanity. We see a baby being born. But God says, I see union being established. I see union being established. T.F. Torrance, one of the greatest minds of our lifetime. He went to be with the Lord a little bit ago. He says, in the incarnation, Jesus Christ was God for man. But he said he was also all humanity for God. I said, he said that Jesus Christ was God for man. But in Jesus Christ, he was also all humanity for God. The incarnation is beautiful. I want to focus on today just for a few minutes. I want to focus on the fact that light has come. In Genesis 1, the first thing that God did when he created the heavens and the earth. Some people believe that between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2, we don't know how many years are there, but we believe something happened and that the perfect earth was not so perfect anymore. The perfect cosmos wasn't so perfect anymore. But God comes as the repairer of the breach to fix everything. And he steps out of nowhere onto the corner of nothing. And God at this point doesn't even have to use his hands because he's so bad he can just use his words. 
And he says, I got an answer for this. And the Bible says, God said. <laughs> and God said in the Hebrew is pretty powerful. It's the word sperma because God's word is seed. And said, God said, I'm going to start dripping seed on everything that's barren. That's why God can open barren wombs because God literally gave life to a barren world. So, so God steps out of the corner of nowhere out onto the midst of nothing and sees barrenness and just destruction. He says, I got the answer for this and it's my word. And who is the word of God? Jesus. Listen, God doesn't speak English. God doesn't speak Spanish. God doesn't speak Aramaic or Hebrew. You know what the language of God is? Jesus. Because Jesus is the word of God. And he starts speaking and he says, let there be. And he says, God saw it and he says, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. Jesus was literally light coming into a dark world. And what did it look like? You ever thought, well, how would God treat a prostitute? Like if he ever encountered a prostitute? The beautiful news is we don't have to question what he would ever do. Because Jesus was God. Colossians 1.15 says this. Paul says, speaking of Jesus, he says, he is the visible image of the invisible God. Did you hear that? Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. In other words, Jesus said, I've come to give light and sight to the God that no man has ever seen before. Moses didn't reveal him. Abraham didn't reveal him. David didn't reveal him. Job, ain't you glad the Bible didn't say when you seen Job, you seen God? Ain't you glad it didn't say when you seen Moses, you seen God? You'd be stoning folks today. My mom, I would have been stoned 57 times growing up. Every time I back talk. He didn't say when you seen Abraham, you seen God? None of those guys. But Jesus comes along and says, now, for the first time, it wasn't in any prophet. It wasn't in any minor or major prophet. It wasn't in any judge of Israel. Come on, it wasn't in any leader. It wasn't in any king. He said, but now I've come as the full representation of everything that Moses was trying to tell you about, Elijah was trying to tell you about, Ezekiel was trying to tell you about. Here I come, the fullness of God. When you see him, you have seen the Father, for he is the visible image of the invisible God, and anything that Jesus had made visible Colossians 2 says of Jesus that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So God chose to be born in a womb. And when he came out, the angels said, we can't, we can't sit quiet on this one. They had, they, angels have delivered thousands of messages on the behalf of Yahweh since they had been created. But this one, they said, now this one's different. I've never seen none. This one's different. I've never seen one. This was different. Gabriel goes and he drops that message. And nine months later, when she gives birth, I don't know which angel started it, but he came. And he began to say, glory to Yahweh in the highest. And every square inch of the heavens began to be filled with angels. Glory to Yahweh in the highest. And the heavens began to resound. And I believe the whole earth stood on its tippy toes saying, what kind of message is this? What has happened? Light has just been born. This was so strange. This was so alluring. This was so powerful that the Bible said, Mary said, I'm just going to ponder these things. And she treasured these things in her heart. How would light treat darkness? Well, watch what it did. Watch what the Son of God did when he, when he met prostitutes. What did he do? Did he tell them how filthy they were? 
Now, don't get me wrong. The Pharisees did that often. They tried to do this in John 8. They were going to literally murder her, and they were going to take their scriptures and do it. And they made the crazy mistake of pitting the scriptures against the word of God. I ain't getting no help right there. But when they pit the scriptures against the word of God, he comes out. And you know what the word of God said? Now, this is light. Watch light. Watch light. Light steps on the scene and says, "Um, okay, you guys want to have a rock party? We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Um, But the law says the only person that can stone her, if you're stoning her for sin, is you can't have any sin yourself. And then the Pharisees, the religious rulers, I said this way, the the religious peacocks in the days of Jesus started taking their rocks from the oldest to the youngest and they dropped them. They were like, man, well, I got a little something in my own life. And they walk out. And watch what light does. Light goes to this woman who was living in darkness. And he says, where are those who condemn you? And she, who would have been naked, I mean, living literally in shame, the smell of her last act still on her body. Jesus looks at her and says, where are those that condemn me? She said, I don't know, Lord. I have none. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, I grew up in an environment that the only way you live without sin is this way. You had to, you had to do it this way. If you didn't sin, then you'd never be condemned. But I know I wasn't going to do that. Because I was going to see some young lady. Now, y'all, y'all don't struggle with this here. But in South Edmond, South Edmond, we struggle. Like, I, I would see somebody, and I would have a thought go through my mind. Oh, I'm done. And we promised the hope of never being condemned to those who never sin. But that's not, the, that's not the order of Scripture. Multiple times, Jesus would say this. I don't condemn you. Now, on the other side of that, go and sin no more. So the, the real key to being free from sin is recognizing God said, I don't condemn you. Why? Because I've come to deal with that sin issue. Light, darkness. Light met a prostitute. What did light do? He shone light on her. Light met blind people. What did he do? He shined light on them. Light was walking one day, and a crowd of people was around him, Pastor Jordan, and he's walking, and there's this guy who's really struggling in the darkness. His name was Zacchaeus. You know what light did? Light sees him, and light says, Hey, Zach, won't you come down? I'm coming to your house. No religious preacher would do that, but Jesus said, yeah, but I'm, I've come. I've come to give life to people. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Light comes to our dark places. It doesn't come around them. It comes to them. I'm just telling you, anything that is imperfect or off in your life, God's not trying to avoid it. He wants to get right in the middle of it. If you open your Bible from the left to the right, when you start reading, you're going to find a mess really quickly. And you hear God sliding on the scene saying, I've come to fix it. And if God can repair a broken universe in six days, just trust me, he can run through your life in a matter of moments if you would allow him. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is this, is we don't have to hide our weak weak parts. Like he comes to it, light comes and say, I want to shine light right there. So light comes and steps into the middle of our darkness. This is what Jesus did, and he showed us how to do it. Not only does light come and step right into the middle of our darkness, 
Jesus called himself the light of the world. And for three and a half years, he took these 12 rusty, dusty disciples who were trying to live up under the law. And he was rewiring how they thought. He would say, now, I know Brother Moses told you, but he missed some stuff. Let me tell you. He would say, I know it's been said to you, but now the word of God is saying to you. See, we got to learn to let the word of God interpret scripture. We have to let the word of God interpret the scripture for us. Light comes, steps in the darkness, shows these three and a half men what the father of heaven was really like. Shows them how to do life. And then he says this, I'm the light of the world. Oh, that's why you can do that stuff. That's pretty amazing. I want he's the light of the world, man. Jesus is amazing. Until one day he looks at them and says, you are the light of the world. I'm cool. Would you open your blind eyes? I'm cool. Would you sit down with lepers? I'm cool. Would you hanging out with prostitutes? I'm cool. Would you hanging out with the drunkards? But Jesus says, no, you are the light of the world. If you take your notes, you might want to write this down. Jesus' life was literally the potential of what I can be. If he was a light, so am I. You see that? When we push off on Jesus what we're supposed to do, then the work never gets done. We still got people trying to build a church and Jesus said he would do it. How are you going to do it better than Jesus did it? But what Jesus did not say he would do, he never said, I'm going to make disciples. He said, you go make disciples. So we try to build a church while Jesus makes disciples so it never gets done. When we got to let Jesus build the church and we go and make disciples. That's so simple. It takes church to complicate it. Right? And we've done a really good job of complicating it. Acts 17, 28. Paul is talking to pagans. I won't stay there because it just messes with, especially if you've got a religious mindset. And he tells pagans who are worshiping God at every altar you can find. He, he literally says this to pagans. He says... In God, we move, live, and have our being. He tells that to pagans. So you don't even know you're there too. Anyway, I mess with. He just challenges their minds. I'm like, that's, ch- that's challenging to me. In him, we live, move, and have our being. So watch this. If he's the light, but then the light says, no, you're the light. I want you to understand this. In God, yes, we move, live, and have our being. But here's what nobody ever told you. But now through us. He lives. He moves. He has his being. So, you know, I have stories almost every week. I encounter people outside of church. I love, I love Home Depot. And they love me because I help pay their mortgage. But I love encountering people in Home Depot. There's always people, and I know I'm always going to get a chance to, to pray for. I got to pray for somebody this week in Home Depot. And so as I'm in there, I'm thinking, I know that I live, that you, I live, move, and breathe, and have my being in you. But also, he's like, Joshua, yeah, but I also live, move, and breathe, and have my being in you. So I can either pray, Jesus, would you just move at Home Depot as if an angel's going to fly from heaven and say, light has come, Home Depot. I got something better for you. You go to Home Depot, and as you buy your screws, as you buy your saw blades, as you buy your boards, if you see something there, if you see a need, meet it. That's not spiritual enough, is it? (laughs) If you, if you see somebody that needs help, help them load that, that, that plywood. You never know. I'm literally, I'm going out of Home Depot. I have a cart full of paneling on it. 
have an elderly gentleman come, coming in. I, I move my card out of the way, and he says, thank you, sir. I said, no problem. So I go about, I'm loading it, and the wind's blowing. And listen, I know, you know, everybody always confuses me with Dwayne Johnson. I'm not him. Literally, I, we had some kids at our house the other night, and my son has these, all these wrestlers that he never plays with, but this one young man, he loves wrestlers. And so I take him to Honor's room, and I say, uh, which one is your favorite wrestler? He says, The Rock. And I say, okay. So anyway, I'm going through there, and I pull out this wrestler that's The Rock. I said, son, do you know who this is? He says, The Rock. I said, no, that's me, son. He's like, anyway. So I either, I either get confused with Dwayne Johnson or Mowgli, but usually, most, most of the time, it's usually, it's usually Rock. I promise you. So I don't even know where I was going. I, don't, I have no clue where that came from. Just somebody remind me where I was. I'm, I'm, yeah, there you go. See right there. See, see. So I move out of the way. I'm going back, and I'm struggling because the wind's blowing. Like I'm, if you've never tried to load panel in or drywall in the wind, especially when you're 130 pounds soaking wet, been the same size since ninth grade. Scary. So I'm trying to load this stuff in. This same gentleman, it's taking me like 15 minutes. This same elderly gentleman comes out. He's, by this time, he's in his car. He's leaving, and he drives by. He says, hey, you need some help? I'm like, you know, I'll take it if you got it, bro. If you got it. Like, so he gets out of his car, and he's helping me. And I'm like, my arms are cut up because this stuff is just beating me in the wind. And uh, we just get in a conversation. And um, I say, thank you for helping me. He said, no, nah, man. He said, to God be the glory. You know, it's just. So what does that let me know? Because I am super spiritual and I'm always on it. My spidey sense was, this man must be a Christian. <laughs> right? So I'm, like, so I'm like, are you a follower of Christ? He says, well, yeah, I am a follower of Christ. I say, awesome, man. He said, uh, did you go to a church? I said, yeah, man, I, I serve at a church right down the street here. Um, and we get into this conversation and he tells me some things are going on in his body and some stuff with his family. And I say, hey, can I pray with you? And watch this, right there in the Home Depot part, no steeple. Nobody playing the keys. We had no big screen. I didn't even have my vial of anointing oil. But the light of the world was happening right there for a guy who simply went to buy a few screws. And the light of the world was happening in a Home Depot parking lot. Because watch this. Everywhere now that we go, come on, Alyssa, back to the keys. Everywhere now that we go, light is literally there. I said, everywhere now that we go, light is literally there. God created light. He said light is good. Jesus says he is the light of the world. Jesus then says, you are the light of the world. And then he says this. He says, I'm going to light you up. You don't even got to light yourself. We don't even have to light ourselves. Like, Rob, he gives us that light. And he says this. I'm going to make you to be like a city that's set on a hill that will never be hidden. Like, would you do that? How do you do that? I'm trying to learn how do you do that. For the next three and a half years, light was finding people trapped in darkness, man. She was light in their life. Everybody wants to meet like David and Moses and all these people. I, I really, like legitimately, I want to see two people when I get to heaven. I want to find that lady that was caught in the act of adultery. And I want to look in her eyes and say, tell me your story. 
And I want to see the demoniac that was living in the tombs. I want to say, tell me your story. Let me take this candle down here. I want you guys look up under your chairs for me. You should have a candle there. I want to say, tell me your story. What happened when you met light? What was it like? What was that really, really like? What was that really like? Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, but you're the light of the world. He says, I want to set your life on fire. This is crazy. He says, I want to light you. And he says, when I light you, you will be like a city set on a hill that could have never, ever been hidden. And then he says this. I want you to hear this now. He then says this. When I light your life up, he said, all you got to do, he says, is go out, Home Depot, Walmart, the movie theater, the parks, the communities, the pool, and church. We don't reserve this for church. He says, go out. Come here, Novelin. And he says, let your light so shine among men that they'll see your good, your light or your good works, and it'll glorify the Father. So you know what? I got to pray with that guy in the parking lot. I know what he was thinking. This guy had to pray for me in the parking lot. He probably went home, and he told his wife, why don't you go tell, go tell Cameron? Now, this ain't your wife, but you get the point now. And this is how it starts. Jesus came to the world as one light. Come here, Rob. And he just began to give light to all men. And he asked them to go do the same. If I'm a disciple of Jesus, just begin to light up everybody. Also, not only am I, am I a disciple of the man who is light, I become a disciple of the light. So I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. As we do life in our communities, you know what we're doing? We're just passing out light. Everybody say this. Say, I'm passing out light. Come on, I'm passing out light. This is the beauty of the gospel. I'm trying to find some dark areas so that we can light it up. So here's what I want you to do. We still got some time. Why don't you just find somebody in the room? They need a light. I didn't say a cigarette. I said a light. And go help them. I want to give you a light. The same way he said I'm a light, I want to give you a light. I want to give you a light. Now, I could have taken my one flashlight, my one lighter, or my one candle and walked around and tried to light up every piece of darkness. I could have tried to light everyone individually myself, but that wasn't the plan of God. Together as disciples, we literally pass out the light of God on a daily or individual basis. When you get lit, I want you to stand to your feet with me. Listen to the words of James as we close today. James calls God the father of lights. Father literally means source. If he's a father of lights, he's a source of all lights. Philippians 2 says you need to be like stars shining in the darkness. If he's the father of lights and I'm his kid, and that means I have the same essence of my father, the same way he was light in the midst of darkness, maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing too. And in closing, Isaiah says, men will see your light and they will come to it. As you do this this week, really every day, men come to it. He said, well, we have to be aware. He said, don't let life put a, a, a basket on you. Don't let people put a bushel over you because it'll put you out. But it's okay. If you live in community, if you live in community, it's okay. I'm going to tell you what. My wife and I have had some time, very recently for me, I've had some 
Like I'm, just, I, you know, can I be, can I be honest? Like when my mom passed away, inside, like, ooh, I look cool and calm, collected. But inside, I'm like, oh man, wow, how do you handle that? How do you handle crazy news? We better live in community together. Let's live in community together. And listen, if you're in this room today and you've never received the life of Christ, you've never acknowledged him as Lord and Savior, hey, he's my best friend. I get to do life with him every single day. He's absolutely amazing. He's kind in every way. Even when I miss it, he's not the kind of God that rub it in my face, but he helps me through it even while I'm living in the middle of it. If you don't have a personal, ongoing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I would love to introduce you to the God who's always known you. If that's you and you don't know him, when I count to three, I just want you just to lift your hand if that's you. Hey, listen, there's no shame in this room. None whatsoever. We never put shame on people. We always take it off. One, two, three. Anybody in the room, you don't have a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely amazing. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray that your word, your truth would just continue just to penetrate our hearts. And we'll live every day fully aware of the God who's aware of us. We'll be lights in the midst of darkness. First in our own homes, in our marriages, with our kids, and then from there, those around us. And even when we miss it, when life seemingly blows us out, let the community of believers come alongside to pick us up. We thank you for the incarnation, for the birth of Christ. And I pray for families today that as they go home today, and as they celebrate Christmas with their families, I just pray for a uniqueness in their home atmosphere tonight and tomorrow. I pray for beautiful moments and beautiful memories. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we love you guys. Go be a light to the world. Blessings to you. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.